Welcome to our Triune Pod, where we prepare you to praise. I'm the Reverend Nick Comiskey. And I'm the Reverend Ben DeHart. Join us for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and outlandish pop culture as we break down the collect of the day for the coming week. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. Welcome to a very, very special episode of our Triune Pod. This is Nick. Ben, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I don't want to talk about anything. I just want to get into introducing our guest. Nick, who is he? Oh, my dude, he's, he's your roommate. Well, we have we have Scott right. Jones well, he here of the uh, Give and Take Pod and the New Persuasive Words. How you doing, Scott? I'm doing great. And this actually is a Triune Pod right now. Wow. Wow. We've got, we got full perichoresis going on. Three persons, one pod. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, I don't know if Ben told you, man, but I, I am a big fan of your pod that uh give and take. I actually have not listened to new perspective words, but I oh, like thanks. give and take. No, a thanks lot. for listening though. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and my favorite thing about you and your presence is like you the way that you laugh at your own jokes is so <laughs> incredible. I love Scott it. Because it's a great laugh. It's not like arrogant or like self-aggrandizing. It's just like, yeah, it was funny. You should laugh. And you're not afraid to laugh at your own stuff, man. It's so good. Well, you know, it's interesting. C.S. Lewis says something about praise that's interesting. He says, you know, that like like when you see a good movie or you look at a beautiful piece of art, you you to not tell someone hmm. is something you have to repress. Because the urge is to is is for it to be effusive, and so there are these moments where, like, I think there's something like when something's funny, you just laugh at it. I mean, you just you know you 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 it's 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 the difference between child childishness and childlikeness, right? You got you got kind of like because if, if when you're a little kid, you don't rip things, right? Like when you like it's the difference between like a four year old and a fourteen year old at the zoo. A four year old at the zoo is like, oh my god. There don't have to be elephants. This is amazing. When you're 14 year old, you're just like, oh, elephants. So. Wow, a predictably profound take, just right off the gun. There we go. There we go. This, this is, is awesome. This is this is late night. Uh, so I, I've been I've been dreaming about this 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 interaction for a while now. So I have I have ten. You need to get more sleep. I have ten. <laughs> That's true. I or better do. sleep. Um, I have 10 really important questions I want to ask you. So can I ask, can we just do like some rapid fire? Like it's either this or that or yes or no. Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's not my favorite format, but it's your show. So yeah. All right. Uh, Stones or Beatles? Uh, Beatles. Pacino or uh, De Niro? De Niro. Luther or Calvin? Luther. Do you speak in tongues? No, I, I think I have, but not really. Okay. Rocky Road or Cookies and Cream? Uh, cookies and Cream. Lenin or Trotsky? Uh, Lenin. Historical Adam, yes or no? Yeah, sure. Grand Canyon or Mount Rushmore? Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore definitely. Boxers or briefs? Briefs. Final, most important question. Yingling or Lone Star? Oh, Yingling. Okay. Billy! I, I, you know what? The only thing that was wrong with those questions, I wish you'd given me like boxers, briefs, or mesh thong. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite, my favorite line from Stripes is when Bill Murray introduces himself and he's like, chicks dig me because I rarely wear underwear. And when I do, it's usually something unusual. 
that was my ringtone for a while. And I'm sitting in Princeton Seminary with my advisor, Dal Gruder, who's a pretty pious guy. And I'm, I'm a TA for the class. And I'm with the other TA. And we're meeting with this guy. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the meeting, what goes off is on my phone is chicks dig me because I rarely wear underwear. And when I do, it's something unusual. Chicks dig me. I'm just like, it was like that moment in the Bugs Bunny cartoons where someone's head just becomes a jackass and you're like, hee-haw, hee-haw. I was like, I'm a complete jerk off right now. And that's it. There's nothing I can do. There's no apology for it. There's no explaining. You just melt in front of someone you respect. Yeah. Folks, that's why um, he brought him on. I don't don't even know where to go from here. That was just, wow. That was like LeBron spitting chalk in front of the game. You know, it's like in the presence of What's our topic? What are we talking about? What's the, give our. We're talking about the college of the day, of course. All right. We got a little colic action. That's right. The college. Dude, do you want to just stay on? You want to just stay on and talk about the college? Stay with us. I might stay on for a couple more minutes. I mean. All right. All yeah. right. Well, Nick, pray the prayer and we'll see what happens. Yeah, let me. I'll, I'll post the prayer in the in the chat, dude, so you can see it. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna for be all of you listening, time. you can find the prayer in the show notes right now while Nick's doing this. So oh, you do that, it. dude. That's cool. Oh, I do. All right, man. This is the collect for Sunday. Oh God, you have taught us to keep all your commandments by loving you and our neighbor. Grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit that we may be devoted to you with our whole heart and united to one another with pure affection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let me begin, Scott, while you get your thoughts. and then. Uh, but I'm more interested in what you have to say. So in this collect, uh, it, kind of, it reminds me of in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Jesus says, that the law and the prophets can be summarized in a simple saying, which is essentially love God and love your neighbor. And when I was a teenager, I remember, I remember reading this verse and thinking to myself, this is so much better than the old Testament. Many of our listeners know I grew up Jewish. We love our rules. We love our laws. So I only have to obey two: love God, love your neighbor. How hard could that be? But it turns out it's pretty flipping difficult. Uh, Just think about all that's wrong in the world today, all of the racism, the poverty, the climate change, the exploitation. Think of all that has been done to you. The lies, the slander told about you, the manipulation, the betrayal. And none of this would have occurred if those closest to us would have loved God and loved neighbor, these two very easy thing. So I love the fact that this colic for proper nine does not pretend that loving God and loving neighbor is easy. In fact, in our ask, our big ask is really for the grace or the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we might love. We are unable to love in our own kind of volition. So Lord, give us love. Give us the spirit who will help us love. So we're acknowledging we can't even do this simple thing or the thing that we thought was simple. Um, in fact, what my colleague Jacob Smith loves to say is when Jesus says, love God and love neighbor, what he's actually doing is not lessening the law, but raising it to its highest pitch. So that's what I see as kind of a preliminary, what's going on in this colleague. Scott, give us some more profound thoughts. Yeah. I just think so often prayer is eschatological, right? It's, it's, it's praying for the thing we want to be true, right? It's praying Hmm. 
to be in a different space, to be in a place where, where the lion lays down with the lamb and where um, there's no, uh, where, where, where rivers aren't polluted and where people aren't alien. And I love this, like, you know, this, this, it's great thing that Cram does, right? He, he actually shows us what it would be like if God answered our prayer. Right. And so um, if we got the grace, the spirit that we may devote, be devoted to you with our whole heart. I mean, just being undivided, right? Like, you know, the, the, you know, the the ultimate proto-modern, right, is Hamlet, like to be or not to be, that is the quite, like this sort of tortured soul, right? And it's this picture of someone that's not tortured, not divided, and to be united to one another with pure affection. I mean, the sense of like, because so often, even in our best moments, we're tortured, right? And, and conflicted. And even in our purest moments, we're of mixed motives and we're using people, right? People are, are not ends in themselves. They're means to ends, even in, even the people we really like and care about. Right. And so this idea that, that, that if God gave us the spirit and answered the prayer, that would be undivided, not conflicted and our and our relationship with other people would not be of mixed motivation right we wouldn't be we wouldn't live in the world of seinfeld um by the way ben when you were talking i thought like you you had kind of a seinfeld moment like then why how hard could it be i mean it's really just two commandments how hard is it and really what's the deal with that Um, it's jewish humor we're all all the same humor (laughs) but this is that it's beautiful about the college, right? The elegant simplicity of a vision of life that's not conflicting. And that to me is beautiful. And it's so simple, right? It's a, this simple little prayer. Like it's not, um, it's like Indigo Girls, right? The hardest to learn is the least complicated. It's not complicated. It's just hard, right? It's yeah. like, <laughs> there's a simplicity to it. Yeah. And I think it's good. What you said is so true. This prayer is so good for two reasons. One, it reminds us that when we start to think this might be simple, but we find that we're no good at loving God or our peers with our whole heart, that one, we have nothing to fear because right in this prayer, we're acknowledging we can't do it or asking for the grace to be able to do it. But two, like you said, in this prayer, there's a promise. There's a promise that one day by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will love with full hearts and pure affection. And that all that's gone wrong in the world, all that's happened to you, all that I have done to others will be no more. That will be undone. We won't, as you said, we will no longer be divided. And that's good news. (laughs) Yeah. Nick, I want you to be a character in a movie, Nick Comiskey. Like, all right, here's the thing. We got to go. How are we going to get uh, the intelligence? We got to go find Nick Comiskey. <laughs> we got to find Comiskey. <laughs> yeah, that's that was really elegant and uh, emotionally honest, Scott. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, I guess the, where my head was going, uh, let me see if this can kind of actually make sense with what we're talking about. I guess where my mind went was like, I, I was asking the question, what does it look like to be devoted to God with a whole heart? Or what does it look like to be t- united with one another with the pure affection? And how might the grace of the spirit move us in that direction? And where my head was going was like union with Christ. And the grace of the spirit is a way of like rooting our, not only our kind of ontological or like 
our actually that's a terrible world like a, our positional reality in christ but in our actual experience that the spirit would make it possible for us to have a measure of his of christ's unity of purpose and like unmixed motive love with one another and i i feel like in some ways the prayer is pointing towards this eschatological fulfillment but it is a prayer in the present tense of like i want to experience some measure of that in the here and now like not in any kind of not in like an over-realized sense but like the, the spirit is present today to kind of mediate christ's presence among us so that we could I don't, just, I don't know. Is that, is that appropriate? Or do you feel like that just kind of sets you up for like disappointment and frustration? No, I think that's pneumatology. I mean, I think the spirit is, isn't the Greek word Arabon, like da- down payment. Um, you know, the spirit is a down payment on our inheritance, right? And yeah. so what we get, and we get it incrementally, we get it, um, you know, it's one step forward, two steps back. hundred percent. Yeah. Totally. Right? Like it's, it's not, you know, and, and, and some of that is, I think God's design for humility. I mean, nobody, mm-hmm. You never own it, right? These moments of the spiritual life, when you have them, which are rare, and uh, mine are probably more rare than most, um, you know you don't own it, right? There, there's this, you, you, you don't build an artifice around it. You, if it's authentic, right? If you're not- Yeah, you might not even know you have it. I mean, I think right. that's often the case. Is other people might notice it, but you don't, you know? Right, right. And, there are these, and all you can do is be grateful. Like there's no, um, there's no possession. I mean, this like sanctification is always- a gift, right? Where it's not just justified by faith, we're sanctified by faith. And these things are gifts and moments and they're often very um, fleeting, right? I mean, they're, they're, um, and often, I mean, I think if God were to fully sanctify us, we probably would want to kill ourselves or something. It would just be such a radical adjustment. Um, People would want to kill us, I suppose. (laughs) Or both, or both. Like we're just not wired um, on this side of glory for that kind of life. And it's, it's probably what keeps us humble. Hmm. Yeah. Let me me throw an idea at you guys. So at our church here in Austin, I've been preaching through the book of Romans, which is, you know, very rich um, and dense. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a way to help people kind of own what Paul says about their identity in Christ. You know, we were just in Romans five. So there's lots of like statements where God is the subject and we are the object of the verb. Like we've been justified. We've been reconciled. We reign through life. And um, this is this is not a purely a homiletical question, but so I've been trying to figure out like, okay, how can people start to emotionally experience that power of that kind of imputation, right? And so what I've been trying to like, it's, it's suggesting like, you know, kind of in a tell it slant way is that people kind of vocalize and almost do imputation like on themselves as if to say like, I am a justified person. Like I have been justified you know, right. As opposed to just like kind of waiting for it. And so like, I wonder if like, you could kind of use that logic in this prayer, like it's a request, but you can say almost in a manner of Thanksgiving, God, you have given me the grace of your spirit so that I will be devoted to you with my whole heart. Not that I am, I'm not saying like God's work in my life is finished, but like the grace of the spirit, the righteousness of Christ, my union with Christ, like that is where I am going in an unreversible sense. And I'm thanking God for that in a way that suggests this kind of rich down payment, like to your point, Scott. By the way, have you ever seen, um, there's this great, um, before Sasha Baron Cohen made the movies, you know, he had the, 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 um, Dolly, the uh, show on, on yeah. HBO and he was Bruno. 
and Bruno's interviewing this um, pastor in Alabama who does a gay conversion, like reparation ministry. And he's like, so tell me why is being gay? So I'll just season like, well, it says here, I'm doing a Bible study right here in the book of Romans, Romans one. And Bruno just goes, oh, I love Romans. (laughs) (laughs) So like when you said that, I just wanted to be like, oh, I love Romans. Yeah, I love that. Though. I love. I like that. The um, it's kind of fake it till you make it, right? On some level, right? You kind of yeah. You you say you say um uh I, you know I've I'm I've been rewatching The West Wing, and there's this great episode early on, like the second season or the end of the first season, where Jed Bartlett, played by of course Martin Sheen, to critical acclaim, they're going back and reconstructing how he became president, and basically um it's 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 um. Is it John Spencer? I mean, the guy who plays Liam McGarry, um, a f- pretty famous actor. I mean, everybody would know him. Um, he he goes and basically recruits Jed Bartlett to run for president because he's like, I'm tired of like these. I want to, I believe a good man can become president. And Jed Bartlett is so insecure and he just loses it with the staff um, and the, the, uh, on the campaign and they're in New Hampshire and he's just a jerk. I mean, he's just a complete jerk. Um, and he walks out and he's walking with his friend and um, his, his campaign manager has just fired all the people that that Jed Bartlett knew from New Hampshire. So all he has now is this campaign staff that he doesn't know. And his best friend is <clears throat> is an AA. I mean, he's a recovering alcoholic. And he said, well, you know, why are you why are you running me for president? Is this part of the 12 steps? <laughs> Traces, yeah. It's right after we're powerless. You know, we did to restore a higher power to restore us to sanity. Yes, that's it. And and there's this beautiful line where Jed Bartlett says, like, where, where Leo just says, I, I'm tired of these people. I'm tired of being involved in campaigns for the second, you know, for the, you know, these awful people who are, you know, the people we can settle for. And you're the guy. And Jed Bartlett says, you know, does it matter that I don't believe I'm that guy? And, and, and Leo just says, act as you have, as, as if you have faith and faith will appear. E.g., fake it till you make it. Totally, man. And then he just yeah, puts his arm around it. Jed Bartlett and says, these are the J- days of Jed Bartlett, my friend. You're going you're gonna to speak and houses will rise up off the ground. <laughs> and it's just beautiful. I mean, it's a really, and then, and then at the end of that, um, at the end of that episode, they show um, where Josh Lyman, um, who's played by Bradley Whitford, um, during the campaign, his father dies. And the candidate leaves a, a rally to just sit with him at the airport and ask him how he's doing. <laughs> and he says, you want me to fly with you? I'll get on the plane with you. Like, maybe you need company on the plane. And it's this beautiful moment where you see um, this transformation of this guy who's radically insecure, right? And... And then after he comforts Josh and Josh gets on the plane, he says to Leo, his friend, Leo, I'm ready. And then you he, they, they do the audio, they like they have an audio fade to him at the Democratic convention going, I'm Josiah Bartlett and I accept the nomination for the presidency of the United States. And this beautiful thing about what you're saying, it's imputation. It's fake. It's you, right? you, you wind up saying to yourself, and it's this beautiful visualization of this guy. And it doesn't go away, right? Here's, it's what's great about this is you think, if I just could do this, if I could just marry the right woman or get the right parish, or if I just could um, 
teach the right Sunday school class, or if I just could do this. <clears throat> and when you think it goes away, it doesn't ever go away, right? So it's, if I could just become governor and congressman, and if I could just become president, you know, you could be president of the United States and it doesn't go away. Like the, the, the evil voice of the enemy saying, you're not enough, right? Well, um, and this is the kind of prayer where you just, you pray this, this imputation eschatology, um, mm. that gosh, this, this is, I, I will put on, <laughs> the, I'll put on the, the armor, um, even if it doesn't fit, you know, even if it feels like I can't move in it. I've always thought of, uh, for me, fake it till you make it has best been appropriated by trust the promise, trust the promise that's outside of you. And that promise here is that by the power of the Holy spirit, we will be wholly devoted to him and we will love each other with a pure affection. So fake it till you make it friends. Thanks so much for joining us, Scott Jones. All I hope- aboard the straight talk express, Scott Jones. I Amen. love it, man. Amen. I hope to have you again soon. Everybody. So it's great. New persuasive words and give and take. And I'm going to pray us out. Oh God, you have taught us to keep all your commandments by loving you and our neighbor. Grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit that we may be devoted to you with our whole heart and united to one another with pure affection through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. about that episode of our triune pod now that you've been prepped for praise won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review we promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming so be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite